0: Thank you, worship team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to ask if you will remain standing for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to be in 2 Kings chapter 7. Um, I'm sorry in the sound booth, but I'm going to back up to chapter 6. And I'm going to read the very last verse of chapter 6. And it says this. While he was still talking to them... The messenger came down to him. And the king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And then in chapter 7, I want to read the first two verses, and it says this Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow a seah of the finest flour will, will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a, a shekel at the gate of Samaria the officer on whose arm the king was leaning the arm of the officer that the king was leaning said to the man of God look even If the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? Could it happen? Really? Verse 17, let's move on down. Now the king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate. And the people trampled him in the gateway and he died just as the man of God had foretold when the king came down to his house. It happened as the man of God said to the king, about this time tomorrow, a sea of the finest flowers will sell for a shekel and two for of a barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Verse 19, the officer said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? The man of God replied, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. And that is exactly what happened to him. For the people trampled him at the gateway and he died. Woo! I want you to turn to about three people. I want you to high five them and I want you to say, Stop stopping it. Stop stopping it. Stop. Stop. Be seated in the house of God. Thank you guys so much. Fantastic, man. Wow. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You see what's happening here? There's been this outrageous famine that has taken place. And the king is blaming God. And the king sends his servant to tell the, Man, of God into, well, basically to cut his head off. In the middle of it, in the passages I didn't read, take time today and look at it if you will. But it talks about everything that transpires and how that God gave them a city. And he scared the attendants of the city that were over them and they ran and they fled and they left everything behind for God's people and God's people were rushing out of the gate to go get the blessings in favor of God because they were so, the famine was so bad that they were bullying their own babies and eating them. Donkey's head and dove's dung, it was a horrible situation. And the man of God prophesies and speaks that in the middle of this devastation, the blessing and the favor of God is coming. And the servant whom the king leaned to said, no way. Folks, I want to tell you something. The adversary, the enemy of your soul, cannot stop the blessings of God that he has for your life. He can't do it. He can't do it. So his only alternative... I want you to hear this. His only alternative is to put you in a place of of spiritual siege siege so that you cannot access the spiritual blessings that God has in store for you. You can't access what God has freely given because he puts you in this place of of spiritual siege and and you can't go in and take it. Sometimes we are starving not because of something that that God has done or something that God did not supply for us, but it's something he supplied and we can't seize it. He's done it. He's provided it, but we just can't seize it. We can't go get it. We can't grab it. You see, when the enemy puts you in a state of unbelief, When the enemy puts you in a place and a state of unbelief in your life, it blocks you from receiving the blessings that God has for you. Prayer warriors, pray because we are going to plow today. Because we're going to see some breakthrough happen in this house. You see, as we're reading this text and in the passage, King Jehoram, he had the wrong people around him. At this time in his life, he had the wrong folk around him. 2 Kings 7 2, he said, For the officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open up the floodgates, could this really happen? Be careful who you lean on. Be careful who you're hanging with, young folk. Be careful. The king was leaning on a man who would not believe. The king was leaning on a man who would not connect to the prophecy by faith and believe it. And when you lean on people who insist on dragging you into their dysfunctional way, when, you, oh, when, when, when you're when you leaning on folk you ought not be leaning on. You see, sometimes when, when you're leaning for a season on something that props you up, and holds you up, and you've been leaning on it for a season, when you enter into that new season where God is trying to speak to you, maybe in a new way, it can't support you. It blocks you and keeps you from getting what God is wanting to pour into you now in this season. It may have worked yesterday. It was a good prop yesterday. It about slid off. (laughs) That would have been a good illustration, wouldn't it? I would have lost the service for good then. <laughs> be careful who you lean on. Turn to your neighbor and say, can I lean on you? Can I lean on you? Yeah, <laughs> You know, I don't want to get into the middle of a famine in my life, into a place in my life and be leaning on somebody who has no faith. I don't want to get to that position and, and not have somebody that has some faith for Folks, the life that I'm trying to live and the life that God's leading us into, I just can't be surrounded by some folk. I can't be surrounded by those who who refuse to believe that better days are ahead. I can't be around those folks that don't believe that God's best is still ahead of us. I can't be surrounded by them. Those of you who are here Wednesday night, you heard me talk and tell a story about a pastor friend I had. I can't be around you right now, brother. you got to be careful whom you allow and whom you lean on because sometimes we've got restricted access. Come on now. And I just can't be around anybody. I just can't listen to anything. You just can't believe everything you see and you most definitely can't believe everything you think. You know, sometimes I just got to shut her down. I got to just shut her down. I was sitting in my office Wednesday, and I shut everything down, pushed everything aside. I leaned back in my chair, put my feet on my desk, said, okay, God, I'm listening. I need to hear from you. You know what happened in the first five minutes? Nothing. I said, hey, God, I said I need to hear from you today. You know what happened in the next five minutes? You got it. Nothing. But about 20 minutes later, I couldn't write fast enough. I hope you're ready because I got a series we're gonna start here in a few weeks. Holy man. But anyway, sometimes you just got to shut it down. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta mute some folks. You ever you ever been around somebody you thought, man, I wish they had a mute button? (laughs) My wife says it about me a lot. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta mute some folks. Sometimes I just got to spend some time in the presence of God because what happens is my signal-to-noise ratio has caused me sometimes to miss the provisions of God in my life because I'm leaning on the wrong people and listening to the wrong voices. Randy's not here, is he? Good, I'm going to talk about him. (laughs) Randy Harris took me riding four-wheelers last Friday. And we're riding along, and he said, I said, where's the waterfall? Let's go look at the waterfall. He says, okay, come on. And we get on this trail, I never see the waterfall. I've still yet to see the waterfall. <laughs> but I listened to him. And he got me to this place, Charlotte, close your ears, that I'm looking at this rock face of a mountain, and then I'm going, I listened to the wrong guy. He gets about halfway up, and he's stuck, and he says, come on, I need you to winch me. I said, "Uh uh-uh. i listened to you long enough. You walk down here and get on this thing and ride it up there. I ain't doing it. He said, come on. I said, no. I listened to the wrong voice, and you got me here. Now I'm going to squeal like a little girl, and I ain't going no further. So I make him ride my ATV up. And he says, here, you, you, you take your winch. And go." I said, no, you stay there. I'll take the winch up. I'll hook it up, and you ride it up. And then I'll turn it around, and I'll winch you up. I listen to the wrong voice. And how many times do we do the same thing in the spirit realm? We listen to the wrong voice, and we get that mountain and go, uh-oh. What am I going to do now, God? If you would only listen to the right voice, you wouldn't be there. But I listened to him. And every one of you tell him I said it. And when he tells you it was my idea, don't believe it. You see, I'm not saying be mean to people. Just don't lean on them. Just don't lean on them. Don't lean on the wrong folk. Lean on the everlasting arms. Lean on the promises that's been spoken over your life and be prepared for your life. Build on those. Build your house on the solid, firm foundation, not the shifting sands of people's opinions. Mm. Look at how Elisha responds in verse 2. You will see it with your own eyes. Scott version, but you ain't getting none of it. You'll see it happen. He's speaking to the, the, the leader, the, the one whom the king leaned on. He said, you're going to see it happen, but you ain't getting none of it. You're not tasting none of it. You, 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 you're not getting any of it. You know, how sad. The day of deliverance. God's provision has come. The famine is ending. We're walking into wealth and and material possessions and food. We're not going to be hungry anymore. God has just opened this up and given it to us. But yet, you see it, and he didn't even get to taste it. He didn't even get to starve to death. Matter of fact, they ran over him and killed him because the people heard and knew, so they barge out and they run out and they trample this man underfoot to get to the promises and provisions that God had given to them. Verse 17 says this, now the king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate. He put him in charge of the gate and the people trampled him in the gateway and he died just as the man of god had foretold when the king came down to his house he folks it stopped at the gate for him it all stopped it stopped at the gate i want to ask you this morning who's in charge of your gate who's in charge what regulates your thoughts? Who's the gatekeeper? What regulates your belief? What regulates your self-image? What regulates it? Look, he, he, he put the man in charge of the gate. Now, there's a lot of revelation there. I want you to hang on today. I want you to, to grab a hold of this passage and message today because some of you have put past experiences in charge of the gate to your future. He had leaned on this man in the past, But he wasn't the one to be guarding the gate because he didn't believe. He didn't act on the word of God. He he had no faith. What's guarding your gate? What what have you entrusted your gate to? You see, when you let the past experiences of your life regulate access to your future, you will always be stuck in a stage of life that can no longer accommodate what God is speaking to you in this season. When you're allowing the past to dictate and guard, it's not going to happen to get you into your future. And I served there notice on the adversary. It's not going to happen in this house. You know, I, I think back as I was reading and preparing this week. I, I think back to when we first started and first came over nine years ago and we're in this little building. You know where we would be right now if we if Charlotte and I would have listened to what the voices were telling us? I had men of God come to me and say, Brother, you just need to move out of here and get another church. God's honest truth. I had a guest pastor come and speak, and after the service, he sat me down and said, You gotta get out of here. You gotta go. You gotta do something. If we would have listened, do you know where we would be right now? We'd still be sitting down the road in a wore out building with 20 folks miserable. We'd have been with 20 religious folks with their shut up. With their old religious self. Come on now and we'd still be stuck there. Folks, somebody this morning, I want you to understand the devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. He can't have your kids. He can't have your finances. He can't have your household. He can't have it. His only alternative is to convince you not to believe and stand on the word of God and not to act on it. The devil is a lie. And I'm here to tell you, it's going to happen in this house. It's already started. God's lining things up, placing people in positions, getting things ready. Those uh, While it's out there, Royal Rangers is getting ready to start. We will have an information booth sitting out there. we got our charter this week. It's ready to go next Sunday. I need some men to step up. We've got a couple, two or three, but we need some more to step up and say, I want to teach these young boys. I want to teach my children. Let's go. And we're going to be set up out there ready to give it to you. And show you and sign you up. Multimedia is happening. It's back on track. God's placed somebody there. Folks, I'm telling you, it's happening in this house. So get ready to start leaning on the right shoulder, start leaning and listening to the right voice. Wow. You might as well get in. You're here. You might as well get in. Maybe saying, what in the world have I stepped into this morning? You might as well get in. You might as well. He's here. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, it's happening. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if I was a visitor and you turned to me and said, it's happening. I'd be like, well, the pastor only one going in here. Let's go. I want you to turn to somebody and convince them. It's happening. It's happening. Has God done anything in your life? Come on. I sure as God done anything in your life. I ain't picked on you in a long time. Is it happening? It's happening. You don't believe in miracles? Have you seen that little boy? That little boy used to never talk when they left. He came back here and didn't shut up. (laughs) Just like his mama. (laughs) Charlie, you should have shouted me down. Thank you, brother. (laughs) Charlie's scared. He's sitting next to her. Don't worry, it's okay. They're going back to Louisiana Tuesday, so I ain't got nothing to worry about. (laughs) We're so glad you're here visiting and back at home. You're back at home. Thank you. (laughs) Folks, what a terrible thing for it to be happening right in front of you and miss it. What a terrible thing for it to be taking place right in front of you and you don't experience the presence of God in your life. What a terrible thing for God to be moving and you to miss it. What a horrible thing not to experience. The man on whom the king leaned on stood in the gate. Oh, somebody stood in the gate. The people were running to the blessings and the victory. And the Bible says they trampled him because he was trying to block the gateway. He died. He died. Verse 17. Now the king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate. And the people trampled him. Trampled him in the gateway. He was standing in their way in the gateway. And he died just as the man of God had foretold when the king came to his house. Get out of the gate. Get out of the gate of the gates get out of the gate what am i saying some of you need to make a move i know y'all pretty sitting there but some of you need to make a move you're hearing all this teaching you're hearing about the miracles that are transpiring and taking place and and we've not even heard the half yet you're hearing about all this excitement that's taking place that god's doing it folks god is good you're hearing how good god is but you got to get started. You folks that's gotten started, help me. You got to get started. You got to get started. The man died standing in the gateway. You know what that tells me? Get out of the gateway and start running. Go after the favor of God. Get into the groove. Move. Some of y'all know need to dance. You don't look like me. All I can do is jump. Some of you got rhythm. We got saying, get out and dance. Just saying. Eric, you should have even made me big there, brother. I'm waiting for the day that Eric just busts a move. I can't wait. How many of you ever Googled and watched him when he was performing with all these amusement parks? He's got moves. He's got moves. I can't wait till he busts loose. He's hide, trying to hide back there. I can't wait. You see, the man blocked his own breakthrough. He blocked his, he blocked it. He saw it, but he didn't experience it. Because he was blocking it. He's seen it. You see, here we go. I'm ready to plow. It's our unbelief that blocks our blessing, not others'. I can blame Corbin all I want. And as much as I want to believe it's his fault, Hannah, it's not. Hannah said, yes, it was. <laughs> as much as I want to pass the buck and say, it's Corbin's fault, it's not happening. It's got, no, it's your unbelief. It's your unbelief that's stopping it. It's un- your unbelief that, that is keeping you from the breakthrough that God has for you. He didn't experience it because he would not believe it. Some block your breakthrough because you're blaming. I got a, a, a text this week. It was a long text. It was, it was an awesome text, but there was one section of it that, in the midst of the apology, tried to shift the blame. It was a sincere apology, and I, I, I loved it, man. It, it was phenomenal. I was teary-eyed reading it. I, it was great. But there was one section of it, and I caught it as I was studying this, and it was trying to shift the blame. Mm. And you know, there's so many of God's people that are missing their blessing. We stay locked in a prison of offense. I knew it was going to get quiet here. We stay in this prison of offense and we miss the blessing that God has for us because we would rather blame somebody else than believe God. We'd rather pass the blame instead of believing God. You see, you cannot believe God and blame them at the same time. I'm going to say that again. You cannot believe what God has spoken over you and blame them at the same time. You can't do it. You cannot blame others and believe God. It's not, it don't work. You either believe what others meant for evil that God is turning and meaning for your good or you don't believe it. It's one or the other. If you believe God, It simply means this, that there's nothing, there's nothing that this life can do to you. It simply means if you believe God, there's nothing that people can throw at you. If you believe God, there's nothing they can say about you, think about you, or lock you out of that can keep you from receiving what God has assigned to your life. It can't stop it. Here's the announcement, Elisha, I want you to give to them. You can't have your breakthrough if you're believing what they're saying. You can have your breakthrough or you can have your blame, but you can't have both. You see, he came blaming God, and he wouldn't believe the prophet. If he had switched his beliefs and believed the words of the man of God, he would have got his breakthrough too and ran into the promises of God, but yet he chose to not listen to the voice of God. Mm. Therefore, no faith to receive what God had for him. When the king came to Elisha, He said, it's God's fault we're in this mess. It's God's fault we're in this famine. It's God's fault that we're hungry. It wasn't the Lord's fault. It was his. It was his leadership. It was his fault. And sometimes, mm, we will not lead our own lives. Hang on. And take the responsibility for our own repentance. We don't take the initiative for our own repentance. So we block our blessings. Did you hear me, folks? We block block our blessings. Not the devil. He can't do it. But our disbelief. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Does anybody believe that? You guys remember a couple months ago I was blessed and we had a pastor appreciation and my dear friend Tommy Roberts was here. Pastor Tommy. I remember sitting there and he began speaking and I was listening to what he was saying about Charlotte and I. And he was just speaking some wonderful, wonderful things and he was just he, he was encouraging me and he was just speaking directly to me and uh, he was just loving on me, just to be blunt. And you know, the whole time he's speaking, there was another voice. And it wasn't coming from the stage, but it was a voice that was inside of me. Have you ever had this happen? Someone's trying to affirm you, somebody's trying to love on you, somebody's trying to validate you, but you can't receive it because your gate is blocked. By you. Your gate is blocked. Wow. And while he was speaking, the more good he said, and I'm just being transparent, the worse I felt. And while he was speaking those things about me, I'm sitting there in my chair with tears flowing and I'm going, he really don't know me. He really don't know me. And you see, I was blocking my gate, Miss Laurie. I was blocking it. The problem is we have too much dirt on ourselves. And I was blocking my gate. I wasn't receiving the affirmation. And we get to a point where we think we know ourselves better than God knows us. But the moment. The revelation hits your life that the only one who knows you completely is the same one who loves you unconditionally. Folks, that's when you will be unstoppable in the kingdom of God. When you get that revelation inside of you and you recognize the one that knows you best is the one who loves you most and unconditionally. And when you can get that in your spirit, you will be unstoppable. And while he was up here affirming me and he was up here bringing validation to me and, and speaking blessings over me. was saying things about me that that slivering serpent, the devil, the same one that came crawling up to Eve, talking, did God really, really say that he was placing limitations? You see, it wasn't the devil's limitations. It was Scott's limitations. It was Scott guarding that gate. You see, folks, it's hard to take on a giant when you think of yourself as a grasshopper. It's hard. It's hard for you to come out of a famine when you're living in the depths of your own frustration. It's hard to come out of it. I'm just, while I'm here, I'm going to go. Even when I am ministering sometimes, some of you play me off. You hold me off. Some of you sit there like this. And you rest back, you push back. Resisting. You lean back and you're shutting off. You're shutting the gates. But you're missing your miracle because you're feeling unworthy. God God never puts a preface on his miracle. You feeling unworthy is not going to stop it. He doesn't, his blessing is not contingent upon your worthiness. It's not contingent upon that. Never. Perfection is not the price of admission into the kingdom of God. Nor is it to the great works that he wants to do in your life. I'm mean, going to say he's got great works from the youngest to the oldest in your life, and the only thing that stops it is our unbelief. Wow. Band, I'm going to ask you to come join me right here. We're getting ready to, Atmosphere, getting ready to change. I want you to hear me this morning. Imperfection has never stopped God from blessing anybody. The only thing that blocks the blessing of God is unbelief. Is unbelief. Now, I know you've been quiet on me, but as Elisha spoke, The prophet and the man he leaned on. I want to speak to you because I believe it's time for you to shout right now. I believe it's time for you to shout right now loud enough, right here, right now, that the adversary can hear you loud and clear. I believe it's time to stand up and shout. I believe the righteousness of God stop allowing the voices to keep you from the blessings in your life quit leaning on the wrong arms I'm done I told you what I thought it was time to do